I think that was the best compliment we got was people saying I just felt safe and I made friends. Hi, Edda Buddies. Welcome back to the Edda Buddies podcast. My name is Kara. I'm a fiction editor. And on this show, we talk about writing, editing, and the friends you can make along the way. Today's episode is brought to you by those early 2000s book launches that they used to have at like Barnes and Noble. You know, whenever the new Twilight or Harry Potter book was coming out, a bunch of middle schoolers would just descend on this poor bookstore. I went to one of those and all I remember was they had a Team Jacob versus Team Edward debate that just evolved into this huge screaming match. Honestly, it was a good time. The thing is, all those middle schoolers grew up and they still like to read books. My guest Ashley Hazelwood belongs to a small group of social media influencers that post about their book obsessions. Collectively with their followers, they're known as BookTok or Bookstagram, depending on which app you're following. These online communities function a little bit like those book launches in the early 2000s, a place for fans to meet up and celebrate whatever their obsession is. And because it's the internet, sometimes there can be a lot of screaming too. But Ashley is determined to create a safe and positive space, not just for the readers, but also for the authors that they love so much and not just online, but offline as well. Um, My name is Ashley Hazelwood. I own a salon here in Kansas City. Um, I also run the KCBD crew, which is the sponsor for the beautiful NFL team, the Chiefs. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) I um, work for Planet Comic Con. Um, I am an assistant for the owner, Chris Jackson, on the weekends of the con. I just call it the little grunt man that runs around doing whatever he wants during yeah. the con. I started running the Fay Ball this year with my beautiful Gracie Key. Um, we started developing it several years ago, but got to start actually developing it for Planet last year. And we had our first one in March. If you were there, you got to see it. It was Um, incredible. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, I started inviting authors to Planet a few few years ago um, during like the COVID kind of time period. But um, I started reading early. I was the kid that didn't want to read. So my mom took us to the comic book store and... I dove in and got obsessed with X-Men and couldn't stop with the whole Marvel world, which I mean, I'm still like that. I absolutely love it. It's interesting too, that you started with graphic novels, right? Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. that, did that and then you kind of transitioned more into novels and the types of things you talk about on your book talk now. Yeah. I I think I was in my mid-teens, like pre-teens, mid-teens. And I like started out with Jane Austen, kind of the classics. And then kind of the, I mean, my mom was a big British book lover. So you, that was going to be something that we already knew and read. Um, So started out with Jane Austen and then started getting into the fantasy side of things and never looked back. Fantasy is definitely, and sci-fi are definitely my number ones for sure. That's so fascinating because for me, it was almost the opposite. I started out with fantasy and sci-fi, but then when I got into my older teen years, teenage years, that's when I started getting interested in Jane Austen and more of the like romance like okay. type stuff, you know, yeah. but there was still, there's, I, there is a melding of those yeah. things together, I think. 
And oh, 100%. yeah, so I, I, I find that really fascinating. I, I, it's historical fiction and fantasy, I feel like, and like so easily overlap with each other in really fun and interesting ways. So well, I think it's cool how many authors take that historical fiction and turn it into their fantasy stories. Yes. Because you can kind of see how they feed off of some of the stories that we know well. Like if it's not the Tudors, then it's a Jane Austen like retelling with Pride and Prejudice. And like we saw that in the movies. They did yeah. Pride and Prejudice versus Zombies. Like it's so silly, but it was so great. <laughs> it was. It's super fun fun and i and it also shows i think this willingness of people who especially in the fantasy genre to play with any character and do anything with them yeah it's really fun 100 percent. when do you first i mean you're you're so busy right you've got your salon you've got your all your stuff with the chiefs you're working planet comic-con you decided to start heading up this incredible fable um at what point did you become aware of book talk and bookstagram and all, kind of that social media sphere surrounding books and and what really drew you to it? Um, COVID, I mm. think. Um, we're all stuck at home. We're all reading again. Um, I mean, I definitely was so immersed in work that I had put down a book for a hot minute and mm-hmm. I dove back in during like I didn't have TikTok until right smack before COVID hit and the lockdown and my friends made me download it. <laughs> and I was like, you ruined my life. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and so I think it was then. And then I kind of saw the niche and what was kind of needed and what was missing in that genre. Um, and I kind of, I just ate it up because I didn't realize how much of our community was online. Hmm. So what did what was the niche? What did you see that was needed? Um, I think there was two different sides. There's two different sides of book talk. There's kind of the ugly side, and that's the people that don't think about what they're saying when they pull apart someone's art or someone's book, and they just completely show the negative. And there's like definitely like the five star scale and the spice scale and you see that and there's nothing wrong with that but sometimes you need to just kind of tell people calm down like this is a person that wrote this this is a community of people that probably love that book and what you're saying is probably hurting their feelings because then they're doubting their own interests and likes and then there's the other side which is just fun people guys and girls that are just diving in nerding out over it enjoying spilling their guts over it and like do some of the silliest stuff I've ever seen in my life <laughs> and like we even see like Olympic Olympic gymnasts now that are like obsessed with fourth, fourth wing and they're like doing stuff and telling you about the characters and acting it out and you're like this is cool it shows how wide the book community is it's yeah really I do feel like there's this tendency in social media for that really clickbaity like I'm going to tell you all the things that are terrible about this you know and this and you were like, let's not do that to our community. Yeah, because if you think about it, we're kind of the fragile community of the nerd world. A lot of us, um, I am an extrovert naturally. Um, I think it helps with my career choice. But when it comes to being a nerd at the base of all of it, we're a little more sensitive. And like, because we, I, hey, I'm a millennial. I was bullied in school for being into books and being into sci-fi and arty, artsy kid and like that kind of stuff. And it's the opposite for this next generation. They get to thrive being artsy and different. And, you know, I think we're still very on guard on ever 
letting out some of that of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So when we see it on the internet, you're just like, calm down. Like there's no need for that, you know? Yeah. And it's almost like it's a self-perpetuating cycle because the people who really love that stuff and are passionate about it become very protective of it. Then Mm -hmm. that also means that they tend to like stop, like shut off outsiders, you know, and be like, you have to fall in line with these opinions or with this, whatever, because otherwise like you're going to ruin our whole fragile ecosystem that we have here. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so I love that you, you kind of started like inviting off. Well, you started with COVID and then when did you start at planet comic-con? I've been with planet pre COVID. Um, I think I'm at, since 2016 or 2017 was my first working and it started with doing this makeup and hair on the celebrities and then I worked up to working with Chris and um then in the last this will be my fourth year of third or fourth year bringing in authors yeah helping invite a few yeah so was it a similar thing there where you saw a, a niche like a need and you were like hey we could bring in more of this community and you decided yeah. to just go for it yeah, 100% because we've always brought in authors and there's always been amazing ones coming in. Um, But we really didn't target that niche at all because I mean, like we're a pretty large population. <laughs> and like, I think the most beautiful thing I heard was at our book club that we started this year with Planet Fable and Planet Comic Con was um, <clears throat> one of the girls goes, I never thought about going to Planet because I never thought an author would be there. And I was like, ah, that's the whole thing. That's why we're doing this. Yes. So it's bringing in a new group of people that have never entered. And they'll probably totally enjoy it because a lot of these worlds collide. So. so I'm curious for you, like when you were getting into book talk and bookstagram, had you had social media experience that point? Yeah, especially with being a hairstylist. Um, that is like our whole full-time job on the side is actually making content for your stuff. And then working with the chiefs, we're having to make content for all of that. So it's literally a whole, whole full-time job. It's insane. You're making reels, you know, how you're knowing what hashtags to do and like, what is like the trend and then try to do that. And like, to make sure it's not even followers anymore. It's all about how many people are viewing your videos. And that's mm. like what you look at now, especially with the Instagram side of things. TikTok is a whole nother little chapter of craziness. It's harder. And, um, but it's also like, once you achieve a certain goal on TikTok, you feel like, ah, oh, okay. <laughs> like, so it is, it's a whole nother job. And yeah, I had been working on it for several years now. Um, like when we were younger, it was Facebook only and then Instagram came along and then like all of a sudden all these other things started popping up and you're, you have to be on top of it and on all of them as soon as you can. Yeah. And kind of know like where your, your audience is, I would assume as well. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's kind of interesting too, because with the book side of things, it is easier for us to access, like get access to our authors and like have a chat with them. Um, Some of them a little bit more quiet and introverted, but you might like when it comes to like you giving out a positive shout out or talking about something you loved with a character or um, a favorite piece of like the, like the, whatever, if it's a slow burn or whatever it could be, Mm -hmm. they love seeing that and hearing it and they'll totally repost it. Um, I know that Chris Broadbent thought it was hysterical when I did one in the room. I did a reel of because I literally was doing this with clients, so I did a video of it. But I was doing hair and they're reading me the book. 
and I have them like I'm shampooing them and they're reading the book and she thought that was the funniest thing ever and I'm like well it's just true like every yeah. five seconds I have a break in the salon I'm probably picking up the book so it's like yeah there's just fun little ways to make them crack up and like at the same time you're telling them you enjoyed it as well yeah that's that's yeah. really great and I I'm curious how you especially when you first started out because how you dealt with kind of the intimidation of becoming like a public face online. Cause for me, you know, I am a, I'm a writer, I'm an editor. I want to grow my business, of course. And I think every author and editor knows you have to, social media is a part of it, right? It's just a part of the competency of running your own business and doing this kind of creative work is you have to also take on that side of it. And I think it's incredibly intimidating. It is. How did you overcome that? Um, I think especially for when Gracie and I did the Fayball stuff, it we saw a different side of it that was harder. Um, we grew fast and like we're not even hit a year and our our following is really, really amazing. Um, but there's definitely those people that target with the negative. And um, I'm not gonna lie, it's a, I was super like butthurt and sensitive <laughs> for a lot of the first couple negative posts. And now it kind of, you're kind of numb to it because we have to go through daily and delete just ugly things. That's just not nice. Um, if it's something demeaning to somebody that was in the video or telling us that the city we're going to is gross or just anything little, like you automatically, I'm like, you're going to hurt other people's feelings that are a part of this community again. So you have that, that was hard at first. I'm not going to lie. It was, and then you have to like, kind of put up a barrier of, you know what, it's not actually towards us because they don't know us. These are people that are just having fun being ugly on the internet and uh, go about it not honestly like a positive way, but at the same time, like you got to reassure yourself that it's not yeah. you. You know what I mean? It's it's weird. It's a very weird side of the internet for sure. You have to grow some thick skin for sure. Yeah. I do think in like human interaction, like one-to-one face-to-face, it's kind of like, if somebody launches a criticism at you or if somebody has a negative comment to say, I think generally our our first response is like, take it, you know, we take it at face value, but on the internet, it's like, no, you can't waste the time or the energy. <laughs> no, the only time was a girl that like did a, sh- like did a comment, but I think it went to our DMs and I full on responded to it. And I was like, actually you're wrong. <laughs> I said this one, I gave her like bullet points on why. And then she apologized. And I was wow. like, okay, because it was like, honestly, one of those things where it's like, that doesn't, that rumor does not need to start. You don't need to say anything like that. Cause you don't know what's happening and like yeah. what it takes to make this. So it was the only time I've like, you know, a little bit, but otherwise I'm like trying to just put positive vibes out there and make it a fun event for everybody. Yeah. yeah. I am fairly familiar with book talk and bookstagram and all of that. I see a lot of people posting about the same books, like yeah, over and over. Oh yeah. It's well, yeah, a hundred percent. And like we just did these for, for book club. Um, but yeah, no, it's like the same top 60 authors all the yeah. time. Um, or I'd say even a top 10 right now, especially, um, and nothing against like any of the girls that are killing it right now that you know really were indie authors if, like a year ago right. and now that one book made them blow up and they're phenomenal authors um it's kind of frustrating because it's it is all centered around the same like 10 to 20 30, it goes up. I, I'm gonna say 60 because I think that's honestly what we have is about like, where you're at yeah um 
yeah, I think it's kind of sad because I would love to see more people pop up that we don't know anything about that probably are even, I won't say better, but like an amazing author themselves so that we'd like to jump into their adventure too. Well, and especially have like the whole thing about storytelling and books and kind of communities of readers is that we are, we love diversity. Like you have to have different people bringing in different stories, even if it's all, even if your focus is fantasy or romance or whatever, you can tell. Uh, so there's unlimited the types of stories you can tell within that genre and the types of people and or not people. <laughs> no, hundred you know? percent. No, it's true. And I'm gonna I'm gonna call out one author and she could laugh at me because if she saw this, she'd just laugh. But um I've never read a Colleen Hoover book. I have one on my shelf. It's sitting right there, but I purposely I in my head I'm like, everyone's obsessed with you. And I can't read it. Like, if that makes sense, like it's yeah. such a blow up and believe me, all my cheerleaders are reading it. But as soon as they pick up a Tessa Bailey book, I'm like, good job. Now go read Lexi Ryan. <laughs> you need to go read this one. <laughs> but like kind of that silly thing in my head where it's like, she's the biggest thing out right now. Like she does a book and it's gone and everyone. And I I think it's just like, I know once I get into it, I'm going to love it. I already know because I love her personality and everything. Um, But at the same time, like there's a few like that out there that are like, they're so hyped that I can't handle it. And that's how I was with Fourth Wing. I was like, I don't want to tell you. And we did it for a book club as our, uh, it was our second book. And I was so obsessed and I fell in love with Rebecca. And then I just read her for her newest romance that she popped out. And it was so realistic and deep. And it's a military guy and a girl that gets into politics. And it's like, and he's special ops. And it's like very interesting, like kind of forbidden love kind of vibe. And uh it was more realistic and it was super good. And I'm like, okay, I like you. You're a good author. All right. <laughs> like, so I, I see, you know, these TikTokers, like we've said, talking about kind of the same 60 authors or whatever. And then I see all of these authors that are self-published that are hungry for readers, you know, and that, and I'm trying to figure out like, how can you make this connection? Like how can these book talkers who have all these social media skills and are very passionate about these stories from these authors that have written new stories that want to get them out there to readers, how do we help those people? Yeah, I think it's just communication. I think we just need to know and like, like, hey, you liked this. I wrote something that you might absolutely love because it's also a fantasy world. And then um, I think it's just us knowing about it. I think that's the problem is like we need to have have an idea of some of these newer authors coming out because it's a big world. I got my first bookish mail um last year from a guy named Asher and he was like here's my books and he sent me art and it's like this cool sci-fi like realm and I'm like okay I gotta deep dive into these soon because my TBR is way too big (laughs) and I want to come out because he's got a really cool premise and he's put so much work into it gotcha so you as a as a book talker you are completely fine with an author reaching out to you and being like hey I saw that you're in this genre would you be interested in reading my book and they send you something and you You'd read it and promote it if you like. Oh my gosh. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Especially with the community that we're all a part of. I think that once we say, Hey, I know I, 
I'm rereading right now Jay Bree's um, bonded books. I like, I don't know if they just make me happy and not feeling good the last couple of days. I'm just like, hmm. <laughs> like yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and like, I know that a bunch of my girlfriends are obsessed with her in those books. And so I think if there's something in that genre that they would love to, it'd be so easy to be like, hey, read this, read this, read this. And that just chains into so many more people getting their hands on it. So of course, I think that's the best part of the community. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see, obviously as a fantasy sci-fi author, that's most of the content that gets funneled to me through these like special algorithms. Mm-hmm. Um, but are you aware of book talk that, you know, for like horror genre or for like other types of stuff? Yeah, I have a few that follow me that are more into that um, things. I personally can't do the scary stuff. I can do it to suspense to some extent, and then I can't cross over that um, just for my own mental health. <laughs> so there's like a certain realm, but I have a lot of friends that are love the horror and like the darker stuff. And um, so, yeah, I am very aware and I'm very aware of the authors because they're always throwing them out at me for sure. Yeah. So if there are horror people or there are suspense people or there are for like whatever type of genre, there's going to be people out there who could potentially one, tell you books you're going to read, like to read, but also potentially market books that you were writing as well. You just kind of yeah. find the community. Where do you see like book talk and bookstagram fitting into kind of the wider publishing industry over the next decade? Or, or does it, or is it, does it just kind of keep doing what it's doing or does it evolve? I think it's going to take over a little bit more because honestly, I think it's kind of helping our bookstores get their, make money again. And like, it, like, I, I mean, Barnes and Noble is thriving right now. Like half price books in the city is thriving right now. Like, I think all these cool indie bookshops are starting to pop up again. And we saw those falling apart and leaving. I was like devastated. I remember what it's been. 12, 13 years ago when I was living in Scottsdale and all the borders were closing and like all the cool indie shops were closing because no one was picking up a book anymore because like everything was officially starting to become a little bit different and like where you could get it on your tablet and like it's like we were just starting to get into that realm. You know what I mean? And I think that BookTok and Book Instagram have kind of changed that. Like, even if we listen to it on Audible or we have it on our Kindle, we're all wanting to have the trophy. Like, we all we all want it. Like, we all want to have it. You know what I mean? So it's kind of that cool thing where I think it's going to help and it's going to have a whole different niche. And it's taking over movies and TV shows. Like, it's it's making, you know, it's making it stamp for sure. So I think it's just going to grow and be bigger. That's awesome. So I just want to switch gears really quickly because I do want to talk a little bit about the Fable. Yeah. Um, I think that's such a cool, like we've talked so much about social media and kind of this virtual realm, but you had a vision to take this fandom and really bring it into a physical space and bring all these lonely, nerdy readers together. So talk about what engendered that idea. Um, I came up with it like around COVID ish, like, and I brought it up to the boss man and he thought I was crazy. (laughs) And And I ended up being in a chat with a bunch of book readers from all over the, I would say Northern, like Canada, Alaska, South, like all over the estate side. Um, and one of the girls, got my idea, ended up having her own. And it was a success. She did good. But it was kind of one of those things where it's like, dang it. <laughs> like, oh, uh, no. she like sniped like, you. 
Yeah. And I was just like, great. And then, so I remember bringing it back up to the boss and being like, listen, this is working and this is starting to happen. And I think we need to be, we have planet to back us because of you, this, like, let us create something here because this is a niche that isn't cosplay. It isn't that side of the world. Like, yes, obviously it looks like we're cosplaying because we're, you know, we're dressing up with our characters, but it's not, it's not the same at all. And, um, I think he got it when we sold out in three days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and it wasn't, I could have made it bigger. And they kept thinking that we need to stay where we were and we could have been bigger and it could have been, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but it was, it was perfect for the first one because there was a lot of bumps and bruises for sure in making it. And no one saw that. Everyone had the best time and saw the positive side. And while well, I ran around with my head cut off like, behind the scenes. <laughs> but um I just really wanted to create something um where the book community could come together and all these girls that read the same kind of things that could just feel safe and make new friends and like sounds corny but like I didn't go to prom a lot of these girls didn't go to prom like this was like honestly the fun dance party of being to be them getting to be themselves and be you know original yeah. And I think, you know, of course, all of us who love these fantasy books, like we want to be transported to another world. Like that's what we dream yeah, that of. Was, that was the best part. Cause I like Ellie kept visioning. And I think Gracie thought I was nuts when she like entered the world with me. <laughs> but I like when we walked down the stairs at that venue, I wanted to feel like a tunnel that was taking you into the other like realm of fantasy and you were mm-hmm. entering your book. And I think that was like the best part is like once you went through that tunnel and you saw the twinkles and the little like lanterns and the little fairy like things. And then like we we didn't get to do it, but we had this evil plan. We hid ravens all over the venue, black ravens. And so we were gonna make it this whole like thing in our stories that night and be like find this raven and you get a book like that kind of thing. <laughs> we were so sidetracked because of how much was going on with our first time doing it that we didn't get to do it but we'll have to do that the next one because like I mean if you think about so much of the darker fantasy sometimes there's a raven in the book or like a blackbird or something so we really? have them, like, all over the place so yeah it was so much fun to enter that that world and what gave you the idea to include authors as part of it? Was that always from the beginning or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought that they needed to be included. Um, I wanted it to be a safe place for them. And then something that, because a lot of them were, were like, I think a lot of us, when we start writing, we're introverts. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of our, like, ooh, like it's our, it's our safe space. Right. So a lot of them are quieter and like just docile sweet women and guys. So I wanted them to um, have a blast meeting the people that love their work and get to enjoy it. And then I think that's the coolest thing ever too, is you get to dance the night away and then get to go meet your favorite authors and kind of have a, I mean, it was so cute seeing how nerdy, like nerded out some of the girls were and nerding out they were. And then like, just the shock value of like, oh my God, I just touched Stacy's hand or like, I got a hug from Lexi and like just that whole cute thing that it was like, I thought it was amazing. Yeah. You really put together an experience and I love, I love that. And I, I think it goes along really well with, like you were saying, even if you listen to a book on Audible or, you know, on your Kindle, you, there is something very tactile that I think, especially post COVID, a lot of people are feeling, you know, yes, we want to, 
to buy the physical book. We want to go mm-hmm. to Barnes and Nobles and browse in the shelves like we did when we were middle schoolers, you know? It's, there's something really special about sitting on the floor in Barnes and Noble and having a pile of books on your lap being like, do I want to spend this much? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it's I think like one guilty pleasure that you can have is like, and it's not really guilty. Yeah. And I think the Fable is an extension of that where we're we're creating, again, a tactile, real world experience where, you know, yes, these stories may live in the realm of fantasy, but that doesn't mean that we can't still experience them. And I love that you say, like, in a safe place, like really creating a place where the people who love these stories can come together in a positive atmosphere and they don't have to worry about literally like anything intruding on that. So, yeah, I think that was the best compliment we got at the end of all of it was people saying I just felt safe and I made friends and I'm like because we don't realize how many people don't have friends that read the same thing or enjoy the same things so they're almost shy about it and then they're like I want to come to this so bad but I don't have anyone to go with me and it's like it's okay you are totally okay to come by yourself because there's lots of girls coming to or guys coming to by themselves so come just meet new friends and that's why we start the discord and we started the book club and did that on fable and started doing these little things to let them meet others just like them yeah it's the best yeah that's that's the whole evil plan For recommendations on your next spicy fantasy read, you can follow Ashley at book underscore nerd underscore Ashley. You can also learn more about the next Fayball by following at Planet Fayball. That's Faye spelled F-A-E. Of course, if you need editing services, reach out to me on Instagram at MidRightWorlds or my website, midright.com. And if you have any suggestions for the podcast, just email the show at edabuddiespod at gmail.com. Also, please don't forget to rate the show if you like it. And if you don't like it, just keep that to yourself. Thanks. See you next time.